I know they hate it when I speak my truth It's dangerous So dangerous To bottle this anguish Yeah, I say gangster rap in this industry Brothers was in the street Group of farmers gripping that 40 Kyle was in the beat Can you? Yes, I can. <laughs> Finally got it going. Good deal. Good deal. This is super dope. I know, right? Um, I had to finagle it a little bit in order to get it on my um my laptop. You know, I need I needed to have it to be able to speak through my mic. I like my mic way more than speaking through my phone. So, um, yeah. But without any further delay. Um, welcome to another episode of Today We Decide About Tomorrow podcast. Um, this is your gracious host, Katie Moore. Um, we're here with none other than the famous Gator. They call him Gator, but his mama named him Travis. Um, we have a, a man who, um, to be honest with you, has been very influential in my life. And, and by that, I mean, I would have never... Um, went to the Midwest had it not been for him and a couple other friends, but he, he, he took it upon himself to make sure that I didn't experience college by myself. He was there when my brother passed away. This has been, um, my very best friend, man, since I was a, a young boy. And, um, I watched him excel in a lot of areas. I, I seen him. I uh, saved my hind parts in a lot of basketball games. And to be honest with you, um, he low-key lit a fire in my back. You know, um, seeing all of the no's that he received as an athlete, you know, seeing him get denied, it, it felt like I was denied because he had already had such a, uh, a reputation of being great. And so... Speaking to that, you know, him him being considered what he was, it was just like, yo, well, if everybody see him this way, I want to be, uh, I want to be, you know, um, considered as good as him. And so when he wasn't able to, wasn't able to play varsity at uh, at Miami Springs uh, High, it made me question my ability. This is like a, a street legend. Like this dude, everywhere we go, everybody wants to play against him. People come to our park and travel from all across the city to come play against him. So for him to be um, excluded from certain certain opportunities, it made me question, how good am I really if this guy who I thought was freakishly athletic, faster than me, an inch taller than me, which no matter what happened, he still maintained an inch taller than me. And I don't understand it to this day. You know, um, loved by everyone. And it was just like, how? So if he can't do it, I can't do it. But he always had such a resilience about himself. And he and he persevered through through a lot of different adversities. So, man, all that aside, bro, I just want to say, man, give it up to you, bro. Um, Thank you for everything, man. You've been nothing but an inspiration to my life. Uh, I, We wouldn't even have today we decide about tomorrow as a podcast if it hadn't been for a conversation you and I had. So, man, welcome to the pod, man. How how you feeling today, my guy? Hey, I appreciate uh, finally getting on. I know it's been a conversation for a long time. And um, I think the the one thing I like about um, today we decide about tomorrow is that word decide. It's because I think our whole life 
Um, every day of our life, we're making decisions, no matter how minuscule or how serious those decisions are, um, we're making decisions. And I think there's a whole wealth of conversation and understanding um, when it comes down to decisions. And I think if I had to wrap up our relationship in, in kind of a short period of time, I'm blessed that I had the mental fortitude um, to make a few good decisions that help, helped you when you was younger. I think if it wasn't for some of the things that I knew how to decide on, I think I could have made life totally frustrating and more chaotic for you than what you already experienced. And so I'm just blessed that I was able to be a positive decision maker. Um, now, would I say 100% of the time? Of course not. Um, but through many other adversities, through many of the... The, the trying times through many of the opportunities, the failures, the mistakes, I think it all came back down to us deciding um, and us sticking to we want to be somebody different tomorrow than we are today. And, you know, our childhood was no cakewalk. Um, our households was no cakewalk. Um, much of parenting situations, much of um, sibling situations, friends, um, environment, culture, um, just being African-Americans in the inner city, finances, not, uh, a lot of those things was really, really tough. And imagine those things every day of your life for 20 years is really tough. So having the opportunity to make a few decisions as a kid um, was something I was just selfishly doing for myself because I wanted better. I didn't realize until I was probably about 16 that literally my decisions was helping other people. Um, I didn't see it in sports. I didn't see it in, um, in school. I didn't see it in different clubs or programs I was in. I definitely didn't see it just hanging around friends every day. Um, it was one of them situations where I started to realize it when I noticed that we had navigated probably some of the times that we should have probably been dead. Um, that's when I realized, okay, this is what's driving some of those decisions is just by standing up um, when everybody else want to sit down and be comfortable. And that takes a lot, um, but I won't take full credit. I would more than likely give you more credit than you probably would say you deserve is because you could have been just as much of a powerful influencer if you was older than me too. Um, and I think that's a testament to who you built yourself as. I think you didn't need me as much as you, you probably would say, because I think you had the tangible skills to be um, a great leader as well. I think why you needed me is because during the time there was a, a, a disconnect that you had with a lot of the relationships around you and you was trying to navigate it. So by me being available to, to be there for you and to listen, that helped you create who Kendrick is today. And so I think vice versa, if I was in your situation and you was even in a different situation and just that availability from a brother is what was much more needed um, for us to navigate where we're going. So, um, I mean, that, that emotional connection to have with somebody doing rough patches is more than likely one of the most important things that I think um, we can we can both look at it and, and, and not even really uh, understand it. But we look back today while we're in our 30s, that was and that was bigger than life um, for us to be who we is. So I'm, I'm just as much as appreciative 
of who you are in my life um, than who you may say I am in yours. I appreciate that, man. Bless King. Bless King. I appreciate that, man. Hey, listen, I'm humble. I'm humble. I really am, bro. But um, let's get right into it. Um, who who do who do people say that you are? I mean, I mean, aside from from you know you are you know you're you're a husband, you you're a friend, you're a son, you're a nephew, you're an uncle, uh, you're a college graduate. Um, you're 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 a guy who you know has a master's degree. You know what I mean. You you're a business owner. Who who do people say that you are, my guy? I would I would say first, um, and I, I'll answer the question this way: If um, the person that I'm striving to be every day for who it is that I tell people that I am is, um, I'm I'm inspired to to help people live with more positive outcomes. Um, and that's in the psychology of their thinking and that's in the decisions that they make when it comes to their actions. And if I take that, that, that line right there, I take that, that understanding of who I am. And if I was to put it in some thread and it's a thread that you run through every aspect of your life and that there's some consistency from, from childhood to adulthood to elderlyhood, if that's a word, um, that's what I strive to be every day. And I've learned from my past. That's who I was without knowledge, um, without understanding of who, that's who I was. And from that, everybody that gets in touch with me gets a piece of that because it's something I authentically must do. No matter what time of day, no matter what event, I have to make sure people understand how to live um, in their own life and, and live out. Um, having positive outcomes through their decisions. That's, it's just something I have to do. And it's the thing that I done when we was children without even knowing it. What everybody else would say is the things that typical people would get. And that's, Hey, he's a great leader. He's an, he's an encouragement. He's a motivator. Um, he's, uh, he's positive. Um, he jokes a lot, uh, but he's going to be a positive energy in a room. Um, and he's going to, allow you to be who you are without judgment. And those are a lot of the things I get as a leader at my job or in a community um, from a lot of athletes that I speak to right, being in right, locker right. rooms. And, and so outside of the titles that I have as father, husband, son, brother, friend, boss or manager or leader, however some people phrase it, I would like for everybody to know that's who I am. I'm the type of person that's going to make sure that you live to have positive outcomes in your life. And the decisions you make are going to align you to have the positive outcomes that you, that you desire to have in your everyday life. So, so, so what's the, so what's the, what's the, and not to cut you off, but like, what's the genesis of that though? Like what, what, what sparked that? I mean, cause you, you say that it started as a kid without you even knowing it. Right. But, but when you think back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. when you think back, could you, could you think of what was the reasoning behind it? Or was it like you, 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 you wanted to be for others, what you really were, was, was desiring for yourself type of thing. Like, 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 can you speak to that? Yes, I can. Um, I saw a few men in my life trade, their true authentic value in for 
temporary happiness. Mm. And that, since the age of five, I saw that. I saw my, my maternal grandfather um, pass away in our household um, when I was five. I remember the day vividly. Um, my grandmother would get up in the morning because she always cooked breakfast and did around the house. And my mother would get up before work. She would get dressed, get me dressed before school. And we would um, do what we have to do in the house. And then we would all go speak to granddad or, or dad or husband in that sense. And after that, he would tell us a few things and always give an encouraging message. And, and we would leave and go about our day without ever expecting that he would be gone one day. And it was just this particular morning, my grandmother got up and I was still asleep. But I remember after several calls of her calling his name and I'm just hearing Jet, 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 wake up, Jet, wake up, stop playing, Jet, come on now, not today, Jet, Jet. And you're hearing a wife of 30, 40 years, um, two kids, uh, a miscarriage, travel state to state, you hearing her over and over and over and over call her husband mm. and he never wakes up again to respond to her and i watched how his death caused her to not be herself no more mm. and because of that i ended up noticing and i ended up realizing it has to be more than life than breathing and dying and that was like that kicked off that that urge then as years went on and i started to understand who my father's father was mm. he passed away of cancer his last few years and the most vivid years i have of him he's in a wheelchair he's rolling through the house um but outside of a lot of his grandkids um he was a business owner uh, he was entrepreneurial minded um, he, he, he was spiritual. He was a Jehovah witness. He was married, five kids, homeowner as well. So I saw two men. Yeah, he was just starting to cook. <clears throat> okay. He's yeah. back now. Oh yeah. We lit. Let's go. Yeah. So I, I think it's a timed out thing. I think okay, that's okay. what it is. Okay, so, okay. um, back to it. So I'm, I'm seeing both grandfathers, their entrepreneurs, their husbands, um, their fathers, um, right. they're known in their community. Um, and, and so I'm seeing these things as a young age and that's what I determined what manhood was. Okay. And then that grandfather passed away two years after my maternal grandfather passed away. And he passed away. They both passed away from cancer. One passed away from lung cancer due to the way how he handled his stress with smoking and drinking. The other one passed away from back cancer. And that could have came through many ways because he was a hard worker even though he was an entrepreneur in the sense of solving a problem for other people, he still was technically a self-employed man where he physically gave labor to earn money. Right. And so because of them dynamics, it drove them to their deaths early. One grandfather passed away at 72 and the other one passed away at 74, if I'm not mistaken. Because of that, now I'm looking at a decision. I'm like, well, I'm seeing my father and he's just like his father. And I'm literally counting this clock in my head as a kid that what if my father leaves by the age of 74, who, who am I or what do my son or daughter look up at me? And they ask, will my father pass away at this age? And 
it was one of those things where that's when I started deciding I was going to be different because I wanted to escape the type of lifestyle that led to their death. Mm. And a lot of people didn't know it. I was too young to express this is what I was seeing. Right. Um, I was too passive to cry my tears out to anybody. Um, and I was too caught up in my everyday environment as a kid to even understand the reasoning behind why I'm thinking of such things or why I'm seeing such things and understanding what I'm seeing. And that's ultimately what drove me to creating Travis Corley. Mm. So, damn, that's, that's, that's rich. That's rich. I, so to be honest with you, so I asked you, um, how you perceive yourself how do people perceive you because um i find it that in order for one to really uh process who he is he 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 has to step outside of the the opinions of other people right because no matter what happens everybody has this has an assumption of who they perceive you to be I, I recall when we went to Wayne State, never forget this. I had a situation with an individual, right? And I remember the individual, the way I remember it, was in the wrong. But obviously, if you're friends with certain people, they're obviously going to take your side. Why? Because you told your side of the story. And in some friendships, regardless if you're if you're wrong, right, or indifferent, they're still going to take your side regardless, right? That's their idea of loyalty, right? So in that situation, those, those, fr those friends of that individual never spoke to me ever again. Like, ever spoke to me ever again. And mind you, I did nothing wrong to them. I wasn't even in the wrong in the situation, but their idea of who I am, their their perception of, of, of who Kendrick is, you know what I mean? I can't I can't change that. So I'm I'm forever labeled as whatever it is in their mind. I, I'm ingrained in their memory as X, Y, and Z. So whenever they see me, this is how they address me. This is how this is why they don't speak to me. This is why there's so much uh envy or anger towards me or whatever the case may be so i have to understand that hey there's going to be some people who just don't like me and it's for whatever reason it may be but that can't conflict or can't, can't cause a conflict within myself and make me feel as though um i'm not called to be who i was called to be um i'm, I'm not as great as i'm supposed to be and i'll never achieve wh what what i'm uh, aspiring to 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 achieve just because people feel away because a lot of times we we get so hung up on people's opinions that it really sh it shuts us down True. like 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 think about how many how many athletes not to, not to bring up athletes but this is like a common thing because we're three athletes right by the way dre sherelle just hopped on um we watch you know uh, uh stephen a smith talk and and this is not the bad mouth Stephen A by any means but what he, he may make a stance or have an opinion about an athlete and what he's saying could be completely left field and now you've now painted a uh, painted a perception of, of this person and made people look at this person a certain way and it made them feel like you know what I want to walk away from the game I want to leave the game because th if this is what has become of it, if this is how people are going to see me going forward, then what am I doing it for? 
yeah, some some of us can say that's very sensitive, but at the same time, just because I, I have tough skin doesn't mean everybody else do. So I'm, I'm very cognitive about how I perceive myself. Someone who, you know, I, I admired and looked up to as a, as a big brother. I'm just curious of how you saw yourself based on how people saw you. So I'll ask Dre the same question. Who do you or who do people say that you are? Oh, that's a that's a tough tough question in so many ways, but at the same time, but at the same time, the genuine people would say I'm I'm a leader, I'm a I'm a I'm a God sent angel on earth just because of just because of how I conduct myself, how I, how I handle myself, and how I present myself. It it kind of goes back to what you were saying before when uh. When uh when, when you fall out with certain people or you have a, a issue with somebody because they tell their side and nobody else hears your side, they immediately take that person's side and all of a sudden you're a bad guy in their eyes. Even if they haven't had any bad encounters with you, even if they haven't had any fallouts with you. But me personally, <clears throat> because of the way I, I, I I've I've uh how can I say it? I've redefined myself because of how I reinvented myself. I would say I would say truly I'm a I'm a I'm a vessel of God. I've been broken down, I've been I've been ridiculed, I've been crucified in so many ways. But when I was reborn, I felt like I became a a, a vessel of God. I I literally I literally live by faith i walk by faith i talk by faith and even with my uh with my sports brand i even have faith on it because everything i do i simply walk on faith mm. prime example i had a i had a young man who went through who went through some issues and he had he had no idea what he was going through he had no idea where he would be and when the situation happened i was like man this could possibly ruin my brand if I continue to help this person. Right. But then I had to tell myself, who am I to judge somebody that's going through a storm when I'm not perfect myself? And I had to go through things as well to get where I'm at. So I immediately, I immediately kind of like had a, a, a per se detox or a fast from social media and, and just sat to myself. I talked with God, asked God, what, 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 what do I do? How do I help this young man? And I even remember vividly calling you, briefing you on the situation and calling my mom and dad as well, asking them the same, what do I do? And, and literally all three of you told me, this is an assignment you have to talk with God about. I can give you advice. I can tell you what to do, but at the same time, I truly don't know what you should do. So I immediately talked with God, asked him, what do I do? What do I, what do I stand in this situation? And all I kept getting was faith. Stand on faith. Stand on faith. I always, I, I always say or tell these kids outside of, outside of me training you, I want you to grow mentally just as much as you're growing physically. And so the more I, I sat and thought about it, 
it hit me. This is my assignment from God. I always say walk by faith. I always say rely on God. I always say stand on God. Me knowing that I was a positive light in this young man's life, I literally told him, dude, I understand what you're going through. I, I understand what you're going through, but I don't understand what you're going through. But whatever you, whatever is getting ready to take place, by the grace of God, I'll still be here to be your shining light through your darkness. I told him, I'm not here to, to preach the gospel. I'm not here to, to pound you with, with Christianity, this, that, or the third. I'm literally here just to show you and tell you that God's here with you. And whatever, whatever you need, you have to sit and talk with God. And through it all, I'll still be here by your side because that's what God wants me to do. It's it's crazy to think that like for us, um, when, when when we sit back, we think about how many failed leaders we had. Yes. How many how, how many male role models we had that fell short, right? That fell short and, because you know something I mean? went wrong. You know, and 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 now look at us now trying to be the better version. You know, yep. like the, like those guys took the mantle and. You know, yeah, they they fell short, but they did the best that they could with what they do. How, you know what I'm saying? They 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 operated, you know, in in their knowledge and and their wheelhouse. But I say this, right? So I ask you, who do people think that you are, and how do you perceive yourself? And the reason why I ask it in that order is to see if you question the process, right? Because thing is, a great percentage of us consult with ourselves about other people's opinion about us long True. before long before we formulate our own opinion or even come into the realization of it. You see, I don't argue facts. And if you're in disagreement, why well, have so many people died pretending if others' opinions didn't take precedence over their own? True. We care too much about too how much. people think about us. I was watching um, a, a comedian the other day and this comedian said, um, <clears throat> he said, yo, everybody's out here trying to be somebody else. Matter of fact, shorty want to be Nicki Minaj. But Nicki Minaj isn't even Nicki Minaj. And the whole place started laughing. And I, I was like, dang, that's deep. True. Be because... If you ever looked at her interviews, when she started talking about, you know, I think her, her real name's o o Onika. Mm -hmm. When she starts tapping into that bag, it's like, oh, <clears throat> yeah, she really isn't. You know what I'm saying, Nicki Minaj? She she really is Onika. You know what I mean? And this is why it it, it sucks because we're dying to be celebrities, but celebrities are not dying to be them. You know what I'm saying? They're, they they just want to be just like us. They want to be human. They want to be, be normal. True they want to be able to walk around and migrate like other people. It's 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 crazy, man. So let me ask you a question, Mr. Drake. If you're writing an autobiography, what do you name it and why? The Rebirth of Dre Sherrill. That's that's heavy. Reason being, so. To think back, and then uh, he's a guy that I actually hold, I hold dear to my heart. I, I, I would do anything for him just because 
through my through my storm, he always used to ask me, Dre, who are you? Dre, who are you? And I could never answer that question. And I used to get pissed off with him because I felt like he was he was picking on me. But then as I as as I continued to 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 be rebirthed, the more and more I found out of who I am, not just from a from an aspect of a of a black man or 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 athlete or anything, I dug deep and actually found out who I am. So I'm talking from a from an ancestry line. I found out where where my people originated from. I found out where my uh, great grands came from. Uh, I even found out uh, where I got my last name from. Like I really dug deep and found out who who I truly am. And so uh, the reason I would name my autobiography that is because a lot of people knew Dre as the the dominant athlete, the uh, that the the freakish athlete, always in the weight room, gentle giant this that and the third but nobody ever truly found out who deandre was who the guy inside was what was fueling this athlete what was causing this athlete to be so so enraged what was causing this athlete to to be at an elite uh, level and everything and so as i got to know myself the more and more i figured out who i truly am and once i rebirthed dre sherrell I became I became a better human being. I became most importantly, I became a better father because I learned to let go of all my anger, all my rage. And my number one attribute, which is my smile, for me became brighter than ever. Because I found peace within myself and all the happiness that I knew I had inside, I began to allow it to pour out of me into my family and to my true friends, and to my genuine friends, and to, to the people who truly love me for who I am, not for what I can do for them. The ones who love me for who, what I can do for them are no longer in my life. And ever since then, life has been peaceful, life's, life has been meaningful, and life has been beginning to grow even more for me. That's lit. Travis. Yes, you're writing an autobiography. What do you name it and why? I honestly I would name it the um the the book that I just decided a few uh days ago that I'm I'm gonna try to write out here in the next 72 hours. Um and that book is almost on E. Um and and the reason why I'm naming it almost on E is is because there's there's this notion that as people right now through this mental health crisis that we have, that we're living through in, in, in times right now, it's that people believe and, and talk their emptiness. And I strongly believe that no one goes empty. Um, we never hit empty where our tanks um, doesn't. I strongly believe that our tanks can become depleted, but there's always little droplets of fuel left. And if we can locate where they at, and if we can use those droplets, I think we can always reach ourselves. And I think there's a a teaching um, that hasn't happened that I strongly believe through my story that I can teach 
uh, that you that you always have fuel. Here's how you use even the droplets of fuel that's left. And once you encourage yourself a little bit, now you can go to other sources to get a bigger encouragement to take you to the next level that you want to go in your life. And and if you had to put that in car terms, it's like that when you lose gas on the side of the road and you find yourself, you don't have enough in the tank to start your, that doesn't mean it's not gas inside of your tank. It just means that it's not enough to start the car. And so then you have to get a can and you have to walk down the street to the local gas station to get fuel, to come back to fill to put in your car, to, to get you to the gas station, to fill up again. And it's one of those things that I found myself in those situations. And when I stopped telling myself that I was depleted, and I told myself that I'm just low right now and I need to go about life a different way to refuel myself. That's when I started to notice that I was in control of who I, who it is that I am and, and that I of where I get in life. And so um, if it, the autobiography would most definitely be what I'm writing now, almost. That's deep. That is real deep. I got a question for you, Travis. If someone sure. asks, what would you define E? What would you define as E? Um, I would, I would, I would take the same definition of the the, the um, premise of the book, almost on E. I would tell people that you're not almost empty at the level that you need. You're almost at um, at extracting what's necessary from your experiences. Um, you're oh, almost God. at the level of um, empowering yourself to go to a new level. And I will flip it into a more instant track and tell people, don't stop telling yourself that you're almost on empty and, and start encouraging yourself that you're almost at something different, empowering, more enriching. And so it's one of those things to get people um, to start looking at their energy and differently than they did before. I like that. I like okay. that. Do you relive this same life to do it over? With no hesitation. Yes. With no hesitation. What do you tell yes. your younger version of yourself? I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, because uh, something uh, Dre and myself have in common right now. There's a little Dre and there's a little Travis in the household. Yes, yes sir. And part of the reason why I kids have the attachment of our name is that that fire on the inside of us to want to tell our younger self so many things that our fathers never told us Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things of when I look at my son I would love to tell him that you don't have to wait until you're out of your parents household you don't have to wait to label you as somebody that can be great. You don't have to wait until the ball is in your hands to win the game. You don't have to wait until um, there's enough money to get the things that you want. Like That's the message I would tell them. You don't have to wait. You can start where you're at with what you have right now and you chase all those things without hesitation, pausing, without insecurities without um 
worrying about your failures or your mistakes. You can do all of those things now and do them at the same level as the people you inspire to be like. What about you, Jay? I, uh, I, in all honesty, I would tell myself, I would tell my younger version to find yourself rather than later and fight through that pain because life's only going to get greater for you. I remember at times where I would be so enraged and so angry that that it would cost me to miss out on, on opportunities or miss out on on things to do with my family, my sisters, my cousins, and so forth. And so, per se, with uh, Travis was saying, almost on E, I remember at a time when I was at my lowest, when I was at my lowest, and I didn't know who to, who to reach out to. I didn't know who to talk to. And for some reason, at that point, I found myself being the strongest I had ever been because I had to fight off this demon, fight off that demon, and pull myself together because of the sake of my my child. And so finding myself and then finding that strength becoming who I am now, if I can go back and tell tell that young Dre, that young Dre Day, whatever you want to call them, I would I would give them the biggest hug possible just to let them know. Hold on, stay strong, find yourself early. That way you can enjoy life earlier. But most importantly, continue to fight through that pain. Because through the midst of that pain, you find yourself, you redefine, you re rebirth, you re-image. And you'll be loved from people you would have never imagined in a million years. Oh, y'all trying to talk heavy. Okay. Okay. Listen, listen, listen. I mean, that's what that you asked the question. You know, man, brother Travis is gonna come strong. Right. Every time. All right. So listen, let me ask you this. Hmm. Let's 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 really dig into something. Which mistake hurt the most but taught you the most? Ooh. That's wow. Dude, I got a couple of them. I got a couple of them, but the one I want to, I think the one I want to touch bases on the most is, uh, is, uh, when I, uh, I actually, I actually stole money from a coach and, uh, it, it taught me. It hurt me, but it taught me at the same time because it made me realize how mentally I was screwed up and how I was I was walking through life but not actually learning anything, but literally just walking through life. So I had a coach in the midst of me losing my uh my scholarship at uh North Carolina AT. When I got back to Minnesota, I was at my lowest. I was at my lowest. Amanda brought me back. She she told me just to to find myself mentally. She's here to help, and that's when I I realized how much she truly loved me. But because I was so so angry and enraged, and I was pushed to a point to where I wanted some, I wanted answers, and nobody would answer them for me. It made me it made me me hate people even more. And so in the midst of it, I was like, well, I can't just sit here and do anything. I need to need to do something i need to make some money that way i'm not being a deadbeat and so one of my old coaches he actually gave me a job 
working for him or whatnot. Started working for him and everything, and at the time had a baby on the way, and so I'm like, fuck, like I really need to do something. And so instead of instead of opening my mouth and saying, hey, coach, I know it's early, but is there any way you can give me advance to help me out? I have this situation going on, this situation going on. And then at the time, I had I had cousins coming to me like I was rich. Hey, Drake, can you help me with this? Help me with that, yada, yada, yada. And at the time, I didn't discover, no, it was always, yeah, hold on, let me, let me figure out how I get it for you. And so before I knew it, the coach paid me, and then uh, he, and then uh, I played with the check. So in other words, he gave me the check, and then I, I forged, I forged extra funds on it and everything. And then eventually, I'm thinking I'm getting away with it, but eventually down the line, I got caught. And instead of pressing charges on me and, and calling the cops and locking my dumb ass up, he wrote me, told me he knew what was took, what was going on, yada yada yada. And me knowing I should have just went and asked, his exact words were, why didn't you just come and ask me? I would have helped you. Damn. It legit broke me down. And, and not going to lie, I actually sat crying in my, my dorm room because I'm like, man, instead of me letting this anger go and stop being so pissed off with everyone and seeing who's really here to help me, I'm pushing away the ones who actually want to help me. So in the midst of that, as I went through through my storms and everything and I went through everything, I usually reflect on on what I could have did better, what I could have fixed, because I know it would become a time where my son's going to run into something and I don't want him to make the same mistakes I did. So the ones that I, I know I could have fixed, the ones I know I could have did differently, I tend to think on those and figure out, all right, how can I make it better if he was to come or, or if I had the chance... How could I go back and fix that? And that that was just one of the ones it taught me. When something goes wrong in life, the people that are there trying to help you, don't push them away or don't, don't do anything to screw them over because they're there to help you. All you got to do is open your mouth and actually ask for the help. You know what's funny? They say if you be honest with a person, they'll let you know if, if, if they rocking with you. True story. If you just be honest, like listening to your situation, bro, your coach literally told you, had you just told me, I would have looked out for you. Yep. You know what I mean? The, the the fact that you took it upon yourself to do what you wanted to do, because now think about it. If if I keep you around, I have to worry about your integrity. Your True. Integrity, your integrity is now in question. So now I can't keep you around. As, as skillful as you may be, as good of a kid I may have thought you were, the fact that you were taking from me, I, I you're forever going to be in this box of, uh, of not being um, trustworthy. But it, had you just been honest, I, I, I potentially would have, you know what I mean, um, would have gave you this or did this for you. I remember, bro, um, I started getting job offers. And I remember I went to my boss and I told my boss, hey, just so you know, I'm about to be Audi 5000. And he say, and, and what you plan on doing? I said, I don't know where I'm, where I'm going or what I'm doing just yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to start looking. And he say, 
and, and I kid you not, me, me and this particular boss had such a great relationship, bro. I remember he started to cry, bro. And, bro, at that moment, it made me realize just how much of an impact our relationship had. And, and he wasn't crying because he was losing me. He was crying because he said that he felt like he had let me down. He said, dude, all you wanted me to do was to petition to get you a raise. And I wasn't able to do that for you. And I feel like I let you down, down out of you and you just do it. And now here you are asking me for a favor and I couldn't even get it done for you. And he began to cry, bro. And, and, it, and it, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. That moment changed the way I saw my boss eternally, bro. Like, from this day into the day that God calls me home, bro, that's my guy. You feel me? Like, Because I'm going to tell you why I say that. Not because he cried, but because he did this. He said, hey, what if I gave you three grand out of my own pocket? Mind you, he's married, has a kid has a house, two car notes, travels. You know what I mean? He has his own expenses is what I'm saying. He has his own life, his own things to deal with, and he, and he thought it not robbery, bro, to say, hey, you know what? I, I want to do the best that I can. I don't have a lot of money just to throw away, but what if I gave you this? Until we figure something out. He said, man, we're going to bring on a petition for a raise for you next year. Because we can't do it now. You're capped off, you know, because the company is looking bad. There's so many things that we can't do. But in this moment in time, this is what I want to do. This this is this is my, my token of good measure. This is something I want you to see that, hey, I want you to have faith that I believe in you. And I believe in this relationship. And you're my guy. So I'm going to come out of my pocket and give you three grand. That let me know that all I had to do was be honest. And I was going to find out if he was rocking with me or not. Versus going behind his back and looking for jobs and just up and abruptly quit. I was honest and transparent. And, and, and my guy looked out for me, bro. That was one of the realest things that ever happened in my life. That's crazy. Dude. After after doing what I did, two years later, about two two and a half years later, I was blessed to win a second national championship playing football. We got a ring and a watch, and uh, I vividly remember saying to myself, "I don't really wear watches like this, so what am I going to do with the watch?" And the first thing came to my mind was. I'm gonna give it to my coach. I know it can't. I know it can't right my wrongs, or I know it can't fix what I did. But I just want him to acknowledge that I understood what I what I did, and I'm trying to 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 make myself better so I don't make the same mistake. And so I, I gave him the the watch. I gave him the watch as a. Forgive me for what I did. I'm 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 learning from my mistakes and I hope this small token can some way somehow show you that I'm trying to actually make myself better. Hey, that's lit, yo. That's, I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie, that's that's big time, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. That's a that's the greatest of all. For sure. 
sure. Yeah, right? G. Yeah, G. That that is, <laughs> hey, that's hard. That was hard. Yeah, I, 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 and to answer the question, Ken, um, of course, there's a few failures, mistakes you you, you always can look back on, um, and and possibly say if I had to do it over, I, I would do this, that, and that. And um, but I think for myself when I when I look back, so I've had uh, several opportunities to do some amazing things in some people's eyes. Um, but all the opportunities I had, I noticed I've always been in a position to be a leader, hands down, however you, you put it, always been in a position. And um, remember the, the hardest thing I ever had to bite was there was a point in time for those of you that's listening and 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 um, don't know this. I'm story Dre knows, but there was a time where I made a decision that almost put a bullet in either myself or Kendrick or both of us, right? And that decision came through pride. Um, I was at the time Kendrick was in summer camp. And I was uh I was volunteering at summer camp for my high school community service hours. If you remember Dre and we at Turner Tech, you know, yeah, the first yeah. two years community service yeah. was they, yeah. they love students. And we ended up having to do community service some way, somehow you had to get it done. And um so I just said, you know what, I'm gonna do mine at MLK Park across the street, grew up my whole life there, just makes sense, freshly removed from summer camp, and I still was eligible to play tennis. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my internship hours, my community service hours at the park. And this happened, like, usually being I stay across the street, I'm like, hey, I'll go home for lunch. And Kendra, like, hey, I'm going to go home with you. And so we had clearance that we can walk across the street and leave the park for 30 minutes to an hour for lunch. And this kid that just so happened, we had another program that was working with us where it was other people getting paid to work at the park during summer camp. And um, this program had a lot of other people. So we had more coaches than we normally or no, more counselors than we normally would have on the park. And there was a girl that was probably a year or two older than me that was working in the summer program. And so um, she would just have been tagging along with the group that I was with. But I didn't have no attraction to her or anything like that. It's a girl that found me. But her boyfriend took differently and he ended up kind of thinking that she to cheat on him with me so don't know this kid from anywhere but even though he left and somebody and and she told the head counselor at the time which was uh miss trinice that this guy is gonna go get a gun because for him i still privately said i'm not worried it was part of just growing up in the environment that we grew up in we was taught to not fear it, no matter what the situation looked like and so I kind of went off my environment experience to guns to understand I was at the time as a 15-year-old kid and not aware that Kendrick is always with me and he's going to be with me this afternoon. I still made the decision to go home knowing there's 300 people screaming at me saying no. And at the time, Kendrick is not even aware of the situation. And he, we both like, we're going home to get something to eat. You're going in and out, boss. Hold up, hold up. You just when you started talking heavy. Can you hear me? 
Ah, every time, bro. Every time. But yeah, I I don't I don't want to tell the rest of that story. I want him to jump back on and then let him tell that story. <laughs> it's crazy, man. We grew up in some funky environments, man. Um, goodness gracious, we did. We did. It it shaped us well, though. I will say that. <clears throat> oh man, I need him to come back and finish that story. Cause then I'm gonna wrap, I'm gonna wrap up this, cause I, I, I want to, I really, I want to get into something deeper than that, but I want this to be part one. I want to really tap into something else, but I need this to be, I need this to be part one for sure, for sure. I finish telling your story. So, uh, what ended up happening, um, vision, and we started walking across the street, and I remember looking back, um, and I remember. Um, plenty of stories on, on how inspirational a person can be, but I remember um, Coach Carly, she screamed with her every breath. still can hear her voice in my head right now almost 20 years later, and she screamed don't go die and I didn't understand how strong pride was in a in a teenage kids mind but it was strong enough where I ignored her screaming call and I remember we still went across the street and I remember crossing our legs over the, the brick wall um, right there on the crossing 32nd Avenue to our block and I remember it was one of our neighbor's cars oddly the neighbor car that he was kneeled behind was a pastor's wife and I remember he popped up from around the car and came to the right of us and seeing him raise his hand up with the gun in his hand. And we both ran to my house, which was the closest. And I don't remember if we opened the door or ran through the door. I just remember my mother was on a phone call in the front room and we she asked why we was panicking and we told her so she instantly called the and but I remember later um, thinking to myself what happens if we're dead what happens if one of us is knowing the families we have we put so many in a tough situation that we otherwise been always running from our whole life. Man, that cricket wireless, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every time the story get good, bro. Come man. on, you you killing me, man. You killing me, man. Man, see, this is why, you know, we're 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 beginning to question, you know, your podcast, man. He need to gain control of his phone. He got to gain control of his mic, man. Goodness gracious. But what what he's saying is um, considering both of our families and the history they have, uh, this is a recipe for a very bad situation for this young man. 
but at the same time in this moment because i you know i've always been been the person that say man i hate when people say yo but you don't got you don't know but you don't know who i'm related to it's like yo you got to get to a phone or get to them in order to relay a message that you're in trouble true i mean as as much as you may have this person who'll do this and who will do that you gotta they, they, they gotta be communicated to first you know what i mean what if i get to the gun before you get home you know what i'm saying it's like we we could be dead and with an un, unsolved murder, you know what I mean? And and then what? Your family don't True. even know who 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 whacked you, you know what I mean? So it's just <clears throat> it's an interesting situation. And so at that time, bro, we're both spooked. And it's crazy that we're all a piece of a puzzle. There's certain memories that are like locked away in my mind that I don't even think about. And then one of you guys will bring it up. And then that that whole day just we'll be comes, yeah, bro, it just comes back vividly. Like I, I I don't think about it, don't remember it, don't even I wouldn't even have thought twice about the story. And then boom, here we are. I can I can recant the whole transaction, bro. And I'm just like, yeah, we definitely could have died that day. <clears throat> Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I feel it was, uh, What's up, boss? Yeah, I think Anchor don't want to play fair today. Yeah, so listen, so I got you on loudspeaker, man. Go ahead. So, from, from there, the, the thing that I understood the most about my decision-making was how much of an impact a decision truly has on our life. And we so used to making decisions without awareness that when it when the time to have awareness with our decisions arrives, we're not cognitive that we must have a certain type of awareness mm. or how deep it is to ensure the outcome positively. Yeah, I know they hate it when I speak my truth. It's dangerous. So dangerous to bottle this anguish. Yeah, I say gangster rap in his industry. Brothers was in the street. Group of farmers gripping that 40 cal.